ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, adults of all ages, welcome to the Sideshow. And I'm not sure if all the cameras recording. <laughs> Shut up. Yep. Okay. Fantastic. And I'm going to just leave that in there. So my brain is 15 to 20 tabs open at all times. Yes. So sometimes shit doesn't happen the way that I expect it to. And I wasn't sure if the main camera was on. So uh, <clears throat> welcome to the side piece. <laughs> side piece. <laughs> I enjoy that. That is, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good um, um, play on words. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, could you imagine, you know, we have a bunch of people listening to us. Someone in a relationship goes, Hey babe, what you doing? Oh, she's listening to my side piece. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and then all of a sudden there has to be a massive explanation. And now your partner watches us. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) That's funny. Well, that's it guys. See you on the next one. (laughs) What do you want me to do with that? I just, I just, I thought it was a funny scenario. Cut it. All right. So we have, and this is, no, I'm not cutting that. That's good. This is funny to me. Uh, I'm going to... This is going to be the third episode. Okay. So far, we have discussed um, bachelor parties, uh, what's cheating, attention outside of relationships, contracts, expectations, and boundaries, self-care. Um, <clears throat> do we want to do um Big decisions and how we handle them to start and then maybe get into positive affirmations? Yes. All right. So this will be episode three. Oh, it's so much. Uh, now we know. Real quick, for those of you guys who don't know what this is, this is an episode where we sit down and have a basic conversation about specific topics that hit. Um, a broad, the broad situations we keep getting hit with. Right. And they, we get hit with them a lot. Yeah. So instead of having to reiterate the same thing in the emails every single time, we can be like, hey, we made a video about this. We'll post the link to that video in the description so that people can see it and then they can go and watch these videos and get context. Okay. Um, these videos will make a good playlist for those of you who just want to sit down and hear us have conversations about how we feel about certain topics. That's mm-hmm. dope too, but it's not email related. So we're not trying to solve somebody else's problem. We're throwing hypotheticals and playing devil's advocate and trying to Talk um, through scenarios. Right. And, and we are talking through some scenarios. Oh, yeah. That, that we've had a couple of these that ended up being a lot more than I... I it was I bit off more than I can chew. There was a hard <laughs> time swallowing some of these. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I don't remember what we said we were going to talk about. Oh, big decisions. Big decisions and how we make them. So because we are in a traditional value relationship... Um, I make you make all the big decisions. Ooh, you make me. I do. Okay. You need to elaborate <laughs> on that one because that was pretty aggressive. Because women want to sit in the comments and say that you're controlling and that I don't have any opinions and I can't make choices in our relationship because no matter what I say, you can trump it. And that's not what it is. I have been the sole provider for a family. I don't like those big decisions. They stress me out. They make me panic. My health declines. I'm not about it. Like I legit like get ill when I have to make a big decision because I stop eating. I'm anxious. I'm not, I can't. So when you and I got together and you were like, I like making the final decisions. Perfect. I don't want to make the, the final decisions if we have to spend $10,000 on this or that for our survival. I'm not about that. Right. So if you want, you, you could say I do make you make the final decisions because I throw my hands up. I don't want to do this. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's fair. I, I, that conversation was a lot more in-depth than the way you just portrayed it. But it that is was definitely, definitely a lot the, more in-depth. The gist of it. Um. I just wanted to throw that out there before anybody can go into the conference and say, oh, you make the final decision. She doesn't have a say in what you guys do with your relationship. Right. Uh, right. And I'm glad that you did that because then we can be like, hey, dumbass, go watch the video. Right. right. Because people are going to get clips of this and that's yeah. going to have to be how that plays out. We, um, <clears throat> I really like to smell that candle. And it's almost gone. It is really nice. You want to go home goods after this? Uh, we can. I don't oh. have any, I, all I've got to do is edit. I don't have a whole lot, a lot else to do today. I'm having such a good day. Guys. <laughs> um, so the way that that works, because when we got together, I was already financially stable. Yeah. Um, I was also financially stable. Right. I, I was, <laughs> I was, I was trying to find a better way to word that. Cause I don't want to say that I'm rich. I'm not, but I, I don't worry. You live comfortably about money the way most people <laughs> worry about money. I worry about it in a very different scenario because of the, 
you're not paycheck to paycheck. Right. You are somebody who stresses about money because you have businesses to maintain. Right. And you have people who rely on you. And if you fuck up your money, their lives are going to be messed up. Right. But you don't have to worry about an emergency if your car breaks down. Right. You don't have to worry about the heater breaking. How are we going to replace that? It's January 2nd. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> So uh, I was I was comfortable. <clears throat> and one of the things that I discussed when we discussed moving in is that I wanted to handle our finances. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an 800 credit score. Right. I had a lot of money put away. Like we were, I was in a very good position. So mm-hmm. I know that I can handle finances and I'm already paying a mortgage and I'm already paying car payments. And I'm already doing all the things that I was doing before you moved in here. I just wanted the responsibility to make sure that everything was getting taken care of, including your shit. Right. Um, at the time you didn't have a car payment. No, I did not. You were driving an old ass fucking 1990 something Ford. Uh, no, it was a 2009. Yeah. Okay. It was old Ford. Yeah. It was definitely old. Uh, we had, um, we had a lot of conversations about finances Mm -hmm. and I told you that I wanted to handle them. And after a little bit, you were like, you know what? That's fine. I don't really care. You, you, you would work because you were still working at the time and and whatever you made, you would give me and we would put it in the bank. I Mm -hmm. put you on all the bank accounts. And, and you have access to everything. Well, we, I, I want to clarify before you continue. It wasn't arguments of me trying to tell you, well, I want to maintain my finances and you're pushing for me to, for you to take it. And I finally said, fine, you can do it. Right. It was conversations of, okay, well, how are we going to be moving money? Because I have my own bank account with my own subscriptions that I don't want to close. Right. Did I say arguments? No, you okay, didn't. Okay. But you said we had conversations yes. and you finally went, fine, you can do it. I want to clarify. It wasn't a fine of I'm giving in to what you want and I am sacrificing it was conversations of okay this is what we want to do how are we going to make this work with what we have right okay that was the conversations i was always on board with you handling finances okay so then it was the how that was the issues right okay um i gotta be honest those conversations i don't remember much of them yeah i remember the outcome and what i'm supposed to do but the 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 back and forth that happened is not ingrained in my memory because it, it doesn't matter Right. The the end result and what I am supposed to do is what I've committed. The rest of that shit is is filed in a cash file that can be deleted at any time. I don't need it. Right. Um <clears throat> so you took over finances or something you were already doing. Right. And and you gave me the ability to do that. And you you know, you would take the money that you made at work and you would bring it home and we would add it to everything, all mm-hmm. the business deposits and we would put it where it needed to go and and we dictated our finances based off of what the house made. Right. And there was no your account, my account. There was your personal account that you you wanted mm-hmm. uh, after. This was after. Um, so at the time, there wasn't even that. It was just the accounts. Everything was mushed together and we were running everything. Um, then we had the conversation in the bathtub about you being a stay-at-home wife. That, that took a couple of weeks. And then once we've hashed that out, um, there were stipulations that were put in that you wanted your own bank account for your own play money. Mm-hmm. And I've referred to that as an allowance and people fucking get hung up on the, the phrasing, but it is what it is. It's an allowance. If you're a single person and you're paying all of your bills, you make sure your bills are paid and you look at what you have left and you give yourself an allowance for what you can spend without screwing yourself in the future. People just don't like that term because there's a man involved in it. By definition, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. The amount of something that is permitted, especially within a set of regulations or for a specified purpose. Right. The final part of that for a specified purpose is Mm -hmm. what makes it an allowance because that money is for you to do whatever you want with it. Right. That is the specified purpose. If you want to go to Starbucks, go to Starbucks. You Mm -hmm. go to Hobby Lobby, go to Hobby Lobby. You want to, you know, you want to move it to another account and put it in savings, you do that. And for a single woman, if you're living paycheck to paycheck... And say you're not allowed to get Starbucks anymore because you know you're not going to be able to go grocery shopping if you spend that $20. You are now not allowing yourself to have extra spending money. So we figured that shit out. And then we figured out, you know, we then had to decide how the big decisions are going to be made here. um, Because in the event that I have a business decision, obviously they're my businesses. I was Mm -hmm. going to make that decision. But in the event that I wanted to move or we wanted to buy a new car or... We wanted to renovate the kitchen. Kitchen. Any major life change that does not involve the businesses. Right. We needed to find out how that was going to go. And like, if we don't agree mm-hmm. on you, you know, there's always going to be conflict and somebody has to compromise. Right. Giving me the final say in decision making means that I have to listen to everything that you say, weigh your feelings and mine, mm-hmm. weigh the pros and cons, because some of these life decisions could effectively blow up in our face. It really could. And it would fall on my shoulders mm-hmm. because... It's not your decision anymore. And that was one of the things that you wanted 
so that you don't have to worry about it. Right. But I've also shown you that I'm capable of making these decisions and not fucking our life up. You've also shown me that <coughs> you have made my safety in all of this a priority to you. Because if you were spending money that only benefited you, and now my life is in turmoil because I can't pay for my child's daycare, that's a problem. Right. You make sure to make me a priority when it comes to all of these decisions. If you're going to make a decision that benefits us as a family, that's a dope decision. If you have a decision to make to spend $5,000 on a new laptop you want or getting my car fixed, right? you're going to get my car fixed. Yeah. You're not going to put me in a situation where I'm going to be left stranded right? or any negative outcome that could happen because you want to be selfish with your decision making. You're not going to do that. You know why I think that works? I don't look at those situations as a you. Mm-hmm. And, and this might actually sound selfish. If, I, if I'm in the position where I have to, to get your car fixed or buy a laptop, mm-hmm. for example, if I don't get your car fixed, it's going to put me in a position. Yeah, that's now a you problem. Right. Uh, because I have to now figure out how I'm going to get your car fixed. Mm-hmm. I have to figure out how you're going to get the kids. I have to figure out you know, how you're going to get groceries. I have to worry about all of that shit because that's my job. Right. So in me having the power to do things, do I want a laptop? Sure. Do I want to make sure that you're safe and that your car is doing what it needs to do so that our life is, is dope? Mm-hmm. That takes precedence over everything because the rest of that shit can wait. Right. And there is a safety thing involved in that. And there is a, I need my life to continue running the way my life is running so that I don't have to worry about a lot of the things that I would otherwise have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And I guess there is a level of selfishness in that. Um, on a very base level with nothing else, it's because I know that you're safe. If you were to ever call me and go, hey, I'm broke down three hours away I'm now speeding three hours to get where you are to, you know, play, you know, save the world. Hoping I'm in a safe area. Right. Like, you know, so I I do factor those things in and Mm -hmm. I do factor it from a you standpoint. But I also put myself in that position because I know that I'm going to have responsibilities in the event that these things fall apart. Right. And I I factor those when we make these big decisions. Mm -hmm. So in the event that because we've talked at length about moving to Tennessee um, and we did look. Like we looked in certain areas we mm-hmm. discussed because we've gone up there a couple of times and drove around and um, tried to find what we want it to, to acceptable housing areas, things like that. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> you told me at one point you would follow me wherever I went, no matter what. And I believe that. I believe that if I wanted to move to Oregon, you would go. Are you saying you believe that or you believed? No, I believe Okay. Like it, I, I want to make sure that wasn't past tense. No, no, okay. it's, it's current still. Mm-hmm. There is a caveat to that, though, because if I was like, okay, we're moving to Oregon, that's just one decision that has to be made to do that. I now have to figure out the logistics, how we're moving to Oregon, how much money we're going to need, how we're going to do businesses. And that's on my end. Mm -hmm. I then have to figure out what the fuck are we going to do with the kids, school, your ex, like there are so many things that fall into all of that that is then going to be on my shoulders. That's going to be my responsibility to figure out. And it's going to have your input in it, obviously, because I can't make decisions about your kids. That's not my place. Right. But I have to weigh every single thing that happens, which is why Tennessee was pushed two years. We had a two year cap on where we wanted to go mm-hmm. and we're a year. And like where we wanted to go has now changed because the 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 situations are different. So even right. though I have a, a one, three, five, and ten year plan, my shit ebbs and flows because you never know how things are going to play out. Mm-hmm. In the event that we moved to Tennessee, because that's what we were trying to do, we did talk about it. You would love to live in Tennessee. You loved it up there. Yeah. So you were like gung ho, like yeah, let's do that. And it benefits me because I want to open a business up there and I want to be closer to my adopted family. And these things all work. But you don't have to worry about the stress of any of it. Because in order for that to happen, I have to do all of the work. Right. And all you have to do is hear what I have to say, hear what you have to say, agree or disagree, mm. and then decide what I want to do beyond that because I'm the one who has to make the, the bigger decisions and, and do all of that. There's also the um, potential for me to delegate things to you. Right. So if I make the decision to do this and I'm like, okay, we're going to need a storage unit, I need you to find the storage unit. and Find out the price. We need a 10 by 20. Mm-hmm. We're going to need it for a year, whatever. That's your responsibility to do that because I've yep. now said this is what I need you to do while I do all these other things. Mm-hmm. There is still a level of teamwork that's not going to be negated just because I made a decision. Right. So go ahead. Can I pause you? So you just saying I have to go find the storage unit. That's all I have to do. I'm not worrying about how the boxes are getting there. I'm not worried about how the boxes have to be stacked. 
I'm not worried about getting a lock for the storage unit. You asked me to find a storage unit at this size, and that's all I do. And then right. I tell you, storage units found is going to cost this much. This is where it's at. This is how far it's away, right. how far away it is. Right. And that is actually how that would go down because I would do the rest of it. Right. I mean, I would help you. If you didn't have anybody to help you move boxes, right. there's a reason I'm working out. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the scenario that we actually moved, I would have you pack and I would carry everything to the truck. But that's, I mean, that's not neither here nor there. The, right. the, that storage unit scenario is exactly the way that that would play out. That is accurate as fuck. Yeah, I know. Because I don't need you to get the lock. I don't need you to get the boxes. I need you to find the storage unit. Mm-hmm. And then once we know where the storage unit is and I know the price, I then have to decide whether or not that's even acceptable. Yeah. So for you to start buying locks and boxes before letting me know the information I need, you are getting ahead of yourself and ahead of me when it's my decision to make whether or not we can even afford that storage unit. You know what I mean? Like, yep. so we really do know our position in all of this, which <laughs> yeah. is what makes me making the final decisions on all of this a whole lot easier because it's not just me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I joke around a lot and say that it's hard enough to keep myself alive because of everything that I've got going on. But I don't look at us as us. I look at us as me because it, my life revolves around us right. and the businesses <clears throat> and everything else. So I can't just <clears throat> do whatever the fuck I want to <clears throat> do because you're a part of that. And if I do right. something that lets you down and I have to hear about that, it's going to make me feel like shit. Right. You know, with our <clears throat> marriage, I see me as an extension of you and you an extension of me. We right. are one soul at this point. Yeah. So you are right. When you refer to us as you... I, I get it. I, I'm not offended. And I used to be. You were. Yeah. I was offended at one point. But once you explained that to me and I got I changed my mindset and my perspective on it a little bit and I found my religion, I understand it. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense to me. Definitely. Yeah. Our, our decision making. I, I know this is I, I, I only put this one on there because somebody in Patreon asked for the big decision mm-hmm. um, or big decision making. We don't fight over these things. We don't. If there was a scenario where I was like, we're going to move to Oregon and you're like can't do that because of the kids what about school mm-hmm. and that was your your big hang-up and i was like doesn't matter we're moving to oregon that would be a really dick thing to do right and you trust that i'm not going to do that we would stop everything and we would focus on what are we going to do about the kids if we move to oregon and that would be the discussion that we had before we had any other discussions mm-hmm. because now that's your hang-up and until i solve your hang-up nothing else matters none of it matters because none of that shit it's just a want mm-hmm. if i wanted to go buy <clears throat> a mercedes tomorrow knowing that I have to pay the daycare this month still and knowing that um, the build out's not finished and all this other shit and, and I had 20 grand put away and that was saved for something specific and I was like, I'm going to go buy a Mercedes. Okay. Yeah, in the event that I had that money and I knew that we had to do these things and I'm like, I'm going to go buy this mm-hmm. car and you're like, I really think that's a bad idea. Let's pay these other things first. I'm like, no, fuck you. I got this and I went and bought the Mercedes. That response to you would change the way that you felt about me handling our life because I really just shot you the fuck down and was like, we're not doing what you want to do. I'm going to go do what I want to do. Screw this and I'm out. Mm -hmm. You would no longer trust me the way that you trust me. If I was like, okay, wait a minute, maybe you're right. Let me go ahead and knock out these couple of things and then give it a day or two to see if I can get that money back up to where it needs to be to go get the Mercedes Mm -hmm. because now I'm being financially responsible and I'm showing you that I'm financially responsible. That's a very different conversation than me just being like, deuces, I'm going to go do this because you don't, you know, whether you want me to or not. Right. And that exact scenario happens a lot. With men who take advantage of being the final decision maker. Right. I want it to be known. If I, I don't believe it would ever happen. I know your character. If out of the blue, all of a sudden you got a concussion and you changed who you are as a person and you hit me with that, our whole relationship is now a war zone. Yeah. Like, you know, that is a hard boundary for me. You don't talk to me like that. You don't make decisions like that without me. You just did that. You're going to come home and it's going to be a fight to the death. Yeah. Like... You, not saying you, but the person who is making the final decisions, if you think that you being the final decision maker takes all of the power away from your partner, you're in the wrong. Right. It's not a power thing. But people abuse it as a power thing. Right. Because there's going to be women in the comments, I know it, that say, well, my my husband was the final decision maker and we lost our house. Right. Well, you, you so know. are you telling me I should have still trusted him after that? No. That's why I'm saying if anything ever happened and all of a sudden you treated me like that, it would be a war. I think it's important to tell people flat out that our life is not your life. It's not. So when we say that we do these things, it's because we have good people that we chose to be with mm-hmm. and our relationship works this way. It, it's not going to work for everyone. People don't always pick good partners. Sometimes you guys end up in really shitty scenarios. Because red flags were ignored. Right. Or because of, of kids being had and now you feel obligated. <coughs> 
or I love them. Right. There's a whole lot of fucking things that go on. And though this is a healthy relationship and things that we believe in, Mm -hmm. your relationship may not fit this dynamic. And you may never fit this dynamic because of the partner you have or because of who you are for that matter. You could be the fucking problem. You know, we've talked about somebody fitting themselves into the box of somebody else's version of what they should be. We are not forcing you into our box of what works for us. That's like trying to put a square in a circle hole. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, but you know that it doesn't work for you. So now you can set boundaries in your next relationship. For example, where somebody says, you know, they lost their house, final decision maker, whatever. That's a conversation in your new relationship. Say you guys are starting to get serious. You're talking about moving in, having a relationship. You would then bring up, you know, in my last relationship, I was really burned with the final decision making. It makes me feel more comfortable if we do that 50-50. Right. And that's it. Right. Part of the reason that we did the big decision final say is because 50-50 is not always going to find a common ground. No, it's not. It didn't work for us. Right. If there was a scenario where you really wanted something and I was vehemently against it and you did it, Mm. knowing that I was against it, I'm going to take that personal and vice versa. Right. So us having final say thing eliminates a lot of that because we now have a conversation. And if you really don't want something, I have to weigh that decision. And then, you know, like if I do it anyways and I'm shitty about it, then I'm I'm only looking out for me. Mm -hmm. If we have multiple decisions over and over and over again, and finally I cave and go, okay, you're right. And we're not going to do it. Or I'm like, you know, I, I really think that this is going to be best and we do it. It's not a shitty scenario because we've discussed it over and over and over again. And it's not coming from a place of an argument because you know that if I really want it, you've given me final decision to, to do it. Right. So if we have 15 conversations about something, I'm not begging you. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you for your permission. I'm really trying to get this resolved right. in a way that you are going to feel good about the decision that I'm making. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's necessary. It's good to have those conversations over long periods, too, because now you're not making impulsive, impulsive decisions. Right. You want to do another one? I just want to say one more thing and then we can go on. When you really look at what we do, you could say we have 50-50 decision making. Like if you truly want to label it, we do have full in-depth conversations and a decision is never made until both of us agree on the decision. Right. But I could override you. You could override me. But you rarely ever do because you do care about my opinion and my feelings on a situation. Right. So if I say this makes me uncomfortable and you take the time to explain to me what's actually happening and make me feel comfortable with the situation, you're not overriding me. Right. You're taking the time to explain a decision, help me feel comfortable with it. We agree on it and then we move on. Yeah. That, that final decision making is more of like in case of emergency break glass. Yeah. It, it's not something that I utilize. Right. I, I don't think that I've ever actually played that card. The only time... <clears throat> You've so far in our relationship, the only time I can pinpoint where I think you've had like the full fledged, like final decision making on everything was when the hurricane hit. Yeah, may I mean, but I don't think did I did I ever. There was never a point where you said, I don't care about your opinion. This is what we were doing. But that was really where I was just I had an opinion on absolutely nothing. Yeah. If you wanted to leave, I was such a mess. My emotional state was wreaking havoc. I wouldn't have been any benefit in, like you said, you wanted to leave the state. And I was like, well, I mean, we could kind of make it here. We have solar power. We don't have AC. It's hot. I can't cook, but I mean, we could yeah. hang out, but I knew you didn't want to do that. And me being in my emotional state, I might've pushed that argument. So I, I right. just shut up. You are a very calm, logical person. I trust you enough to know that in situations like that, where there was a natural disaster, and everything in our life was up to you in that moment. I can't. So that was that is the period of time where I'm like, he made all the decisions. Okay. Not that you overrode me right. or I, I didn't give my opinion, but that is really where like the final decision making came into play because you weren't looking to me yeah. to say, help me figure this out or I need your, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. In those kind of scenarios, I very much am a, a take charge and get it done. I, yeah. I get that. But my point in that was that I've never actually overridden you. No, you haven't. I haven't had to. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of that comes down because I want you to be, I want you to understand and I want you to be comfortable in what we're doing because I don't want to um, ever make you feel like you are less than. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. <clears throat> um. Next point. I'm looking. I'm a looking talk about validation. Yes. There are so many forms of validation. Yep. So many situations where that can apply. 
You want to kick that off then? Uh, yeah. So, seeking validation is a normal feeling. I would say, I would, I would, I feel comfortable saying vast majority <coughs> of people feel. Yeah. Vast majority of people need some sort of validation in their life, whether it be they're losing weight and other people can see their progress. Uh, you're progressing as an artist. You're trying to make music and you just got your song on iTunes. You want people to recognize that. Right. There are extremes when it comes to wanting validation. And I would say one of those extremes are people who constantly post selfies on the internet and that's all their, their pages. It's no in-depth of who they are as a person. It's purely the superficial, I need you to tell me that I'm pretty. That's an extreme validation need. Does that make sense? Right. It is important to validate people, especially your partner. You know, there are times where I come to you and I'm like, babe, I need reassurance. I need validation. Like, I need you to validate that I am a good wife to you. Yeah. That's healthy. It's normal to go out and say like, hey, I've been working really hard on this. I need you to tell me that you can see the results of it. Not even like, good job, you're doing the work. I just need to know that it, in reality, this is a thing. Yeah, that I'm being seen. Right. That first scenario with validation with like the song on iTunes and shit and like that your art is progressing, that recognition goes a long way. It really does. In terms of self-esteem yeah. and um, belief in yourself. Mm -hmm. Motivation because, to keep going. Yeah, because when other people see your efforts coming to fruition, mm -hmm. You're like, fuck yeah, I didn't just do all this work for nothing. Right. It's important. Definitely. How about validation in terms of, of emotional validation during arguments? That is That can save relationships. If you can validate your partner during arguments, I can guarantee your argument's going to turn into a tense conversation real quick. Right. <clears throat> if you are in an argument with your partner... For example, your husband works 60 hours a week. You only see him on Sundays and you feel like that you don't have enough time with him during the week. If you approach your husband and you say, I feel like you don't spend enough time with me, he's automatically going to be on the defensive and he might hit you with, well, I'm providing everything for the household. Right. And then it's going to be an argument of, well, I do this well, I do that when the problem is you miss him. So when you're having that back and forth and you're arguing points, try to make you feel like you're winning. Take a step back and say, I hear what you do. I am validating that you feel like you're overworked. My point of bringing this to your attention is I miss you. If you can take that moment of validation, just validating their anger, even if you feel like it is an invalid moment to have it. Anger is the root of whatever motion. Mm. I mean, not really anger. I would say hurt is the root of anger. But if they're bringing up the fact that they're overworked and they're working 60 hours a week and they come home and you're nagging, the point's not that you're nagging. I mean, it could be. But the point is, he is exhausted. Yeah. You have to validate that before you can keep going or it's just going to be a continue back and forth. And then by the time the argument's over, you're both exhausted. You're not going to see him anymore. He doesn't know you miss him. And you guys said a bunch of hurtful things. Yeah. That scenario, that, and I'm just going to throw this out there, that, that, you work too much or I don't feel like I see you enough in, in the underlying thing and that being that I miss you, mm -hmm. that scenario in giving a hug and be like, you work so hard. I really appreciate everything you do for us. I just miss you so much. He's going to break down. You're going to get a very different response from that man than you would if you came at him sideways. Yeah. The way and the way that you say things, the way that you word things and the way that you deliver them fucking matter. Mm -hmm. You know, in that scenario, she's going to be looking for validation and that, you know, I still miss him. Or does he, he miss me? Right. He still misses me. I mean, does he still miss me? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and, you know, he could be like, I'm sorry that, that I work so much, but it is important to me that we have the things that we want. I want you to have a good life. You know, I'll, you know, maybe we should start going to dinner on Sundays or, you know, maybe I'll try to get off for early work on Wednesday and we can go do a dinner something. Yeah. You can have a conversation. But in the moment of that, on either side of those, if you take that break and go. What I'm hearing is. Right. I hear, I hear you. I hear you saying that you miss me mm -hmm. and I'm, I, I, I can see how that sucks because I miss you too. You know right. what I mean? Like you're validating, you're acknowledging and validating their, their emotion. Mm -hmm. Instead you, of trying to argue points and empathizing with them. Right. Yeah. You're going to get a very different scenario than just shitting on somebody because you're not able to. Right. I would say in that moment, that is a hundred percent needing validation. Yeah. You know, if you sit down and say, I'm going to just run with that. You're frustrated because your man works so much, much and you miss him. You just want to spend quality time with him. You guys have kids. You feel like you haven't gone on a date in a while. 
if you haven't voiced that and it's been a year and you guys haven't had any intimate time, you're going to be angry. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be overworked. You're going to be burnt out. You're going to feel all of those things. And all of those things are a mask because you're hurt. Right. You're hurt because you miss him. You're hurt because you don't know if he loves you anymore. You're hurt because you don't know if he misses you while he's at work. And with everything on the internet and TikTok talking about how people cheat and thirst trap and paying attention to thirst traps, like that can hurt your self-esteem. Yeah, absolutely. And it can it can start sowing seeds in your brain of foul shit happening that's not, otherwise not there. And I guarantee you that if you are feeling all of those things, so is he. Right. So <clears throat> when you're feeling anger, sit with that anger. Don't even bring anything up to him. Sit in the anger. Figure out why are you really angry? Yeah. Well, I'm frustrated because he works so much. Right. But he works so much to provide the life that you have. So you're not angry that he's working. Right. You're angry because he's not home. Right. And you should be able to look at that. If you go, I'm angry because he works so much. That's a stupid statement. Right. You're really angry that is a job or are you angry that you miss your man? Right. And at that point, you're really not even angry that you miss your man. You just miss your man. Right. And if you can do that follow through, you're going to pinpoint where you need to go to your partner and say, I miss you. I need validation. Mm -hmm. I need you to validate me that you miss me too. Yep. When you explore things like that, you can get to the root of the problem real fast. You can. You just have to sit down and be honest with yourself. You know, in the event that he's working 60 hours or 70 hours a week and you think he's cheating Mm -hmm. and you're mad that he's working so much, is it because he works so much or is is it because you're insecure and you don't trust your man? Yeah. You, when you work that through, you're not going to be angry that he's working anymore. You're going to tell him like, hey, you're working 70 hours. I'm fucking lonely. Mm-hmm. I need to know that you're still committed to me and the family. And, you know, right. you're having a very different conversation than just spewing nonsense. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's a lot easier to validate that than to validate, sorry, I work so much. Right. Because that's going to be an argument. You know what I mean? You yeah. you getting mad because somebody's working to provide, mm-hmm. that's that's an illogical argument. Right. Because he doesn't want to work 70 hours a week. You think a fucking dude wants to work 70 hours a week? You think anyone on the planet wants to work that much? We don't. And you know, if you're a man listening <clears throat> to this and the scenario that we just brought is a thing in your life right now, like this is a very real thing for you, and your wife just constantly t- says, I hate that you work so much or I hate that you're not here, don't get defensive. What she's saying is she misses you. Yeah. So when she hits you with that, hit her back with, I hate it too. Yep. She's going to be taken aback by that. If you say, I hate how much I work too. I miss you. I miss being here. That's going to change the whole thing because now you are validating that. I'm going to say it. As a woman, I have a hard time expressing my emotions. If I can't identify what my emotion is, I default to anger. And I hate this. I hate that. Frustration. Right. Women who don't do the inner work and don't understand how to feel their emotions And go from, okay, well, I'm not angry, I'm frustrated. Well, I'm not really frustrated, I'm just upset. When they can't do that, the default will be anger. Right. It's like that for men, too. It is. It is. (laughs) Wow, look at me over here just generalizing just women. (laughs) It is. It is a thing across the board. When she is coming at you with anger... Take a step back and say, okay, is she angry at me or is she angry at the situation? Right. Because like I said, sometimes it's hard for both genders to identify what's, what they're actually right. having their emotion for. I think in that scenario, if you ask, are you mad at me or the situation is going to make them stop and think. That because definitely they could, could yeah. be believing that they're angry that you work so much and not at, at, at what is actually going on. Right. It, it's just basic communication. Right. But so back to what I said was with, she says, I hate that you work so much. If you say, I hate I work so much too, you immediately just validated her. Yeah, absolutely. That validation is going to bring her down a little bit. And she's going to be like, yeah, it sucks that you're not here so much. Versus, I hate that you work so much. Well, I'm doing this to supply you with the lifestyle you have. Right. And then it's just escalating upwards. It's a pissing contest. It is a pissing contest. Yep. I actually think that... <clears throat> You doing the I miss you too, or I hate it too, so mm-hmm. that you can say that you miss each other is not so much a validation, but a, um, I mean, it is validation. I'm not saying that it's not, but mm-hmm. it, it puts you on a common ground. Right. Like we are on the same page right, with this. Right. Instead of going, well, I have to do it because in that scenario, you are making it more about you and not about her. And that's what she needs. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. It's a good way to look at things. And I'm not saying that you have to handle them with kitty gloves. There are times 
I acknowledge because I'm a woman, I am more emotional. Mm. That's just a thing. I cry a lot. I have sat on this podcast and cried. Mm. <laughs> so there are definitely moments where I am overtly emotional and I can't keep my shit in check. So there are definitely moments where I come to you and I'm very logical. I'm like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I need you to do to remedy the situation. And that's it. But in times where my emotions are out of control and I haven't recognized that I let go of the reins a little bit, you recognizing that that's happening in me and you taking control of the the, uh, emotional situation in a way will help reel me back in. Mm -hmm. And then once I'm reeled back in, I'll be like, damn, you know, I did kind of come at you sideways. I'm sorry about that. But now I recognize when I'm feeling frustrated about this situation, I'm not frustrated. I'm just hurt. Right. So going forward to address that situation, I can just be like, hey, babe, I really miss you. I don't want to have that conversation again where I'm mad at you. I'm just, I really need you to tell me that you miss me too. Yep. So you don't have to handle them with kitty gloves, but like those scenarios like that, you can also <coughs> teach a lesson without saying, are you mad at me or are you mad at the situation? Right. There's nothing wrong with uh, handling the situation with kitty gloves either. Yeah. In the event that your partner comes at you sideways and you choose to react in a negative manner and get hostile or loud or derogatory, mm-hmm. you're making a decision to ruin your day. Right. Because you know it's going to happen. You can be like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. What's, what's going on? And you can choose to very calmly, softly talk to them. Right. Instead of being like, what the fuck is your problem? You can get the same. You're not going to get the same result with those two questions. Right. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. What's happening? You know, I have a perfect example for this. I saw a TikTok. I can't remember their name. I follow them. I adore them. <clears throat> they have really good communication skills. Like, blows my mind. And she was, she asked him to get a hair clip for mm. her. She put out the wrong hair, hair clip on the counter knowing he was going to grab the wrong one. It was like a prank thing. He brings her the clip. She takes it and she goes, are you kidding me? Yeah. And he's like, what? And she was like, I, I just wish you would use your eyes. I saw that. That video actually triggered me when I saw it. And then I realized right. what was, it was going a joke. on. Yeah. And then he goes, whoa, whoa. We don't talk to each other like that. He was like, you need to wipe that attitude off your face. Give it to me. Take the attitude off. And let's talk about what's really going on here. Yeah. That's how you handle that situation. Right. That scenario, she pointed to the camera. Yeah. And showed him that that it was all a joke. And they both laughed about it. Right. But that, that also shows that that's not how their relationship typically right. is. Right. Because you know if two people are always constantly back and forth like that, he would have gotten defensive oh, immediately. Oh, yeah. It would have been a big blowout. Right. I, I like so I don't like those prank videos. Right. I've made that very clear. But in that scenario where he's like, Oh, that's the kind of day we're having and like right. he was totally fine with it. He was making a joke out of so it. So the fact that he's okay with her doing that and like he found it funny that she got him, I, I can't say shit about that. There's absolutely nothing in that scenario because I saw the outcome that can make me shit on those people. Right. Like he was obviously okay with it. He found it funny. Like, yeah. you got me. All right, you got me. You yeah. know? Um <clears throat> I yeah, I saw that video. I actually, you know, it, it's refreshing to not see a big blow up in an argument like that right. because that was a very good, like, whoa, wait a minute. That, that's a good thing for me. Like, it, right. you know, I, I did that to you. The day that you hit me with that, wow, I called you immediately. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Right. What, what, what? Like. And I want to clarify, that's a different scenario from, I saw, I believe it blew up massively. So people are going to know what I'm talking about. Someone was slamming cabinets yeah. and the husband comes out and he's like, what's going on? She just continues slamming right. cabinets. And ignoring him. Right. That's a different scenario because in this one, she was laughing. Right. Like you could tell that this is not a normal dynamic for them. And she was trying hard to be serious about it, but she was giggling and he knew it was a joke. Right. That's a different situation than I am dead set on making you think there is something wrong with me and I'm going to make you feel like I'm purposely ignoring you. Yeah. Yep. Two different scenarios. That guy actually did the same thing. Yeah. When she was doing that, he's like, hey, what, what is going on? Talk to me. Like, we don't do this. Right. And and like, I saw that video. That yeah. was a while ago. I think it was like last that year. That was sometime. a very long time ago. Yeah. But I saw that video and I thought, damn, dude, dude's got his communication down and she's just fucking shitting on him. Right. And I'm sure they have a dope ass relationship too. I hate that I have to disclose all of these things now. You don't have to. I, but I feel like it's necessary now. If ever there is ever a miscommunication. Yeah. I don't want to go through what I just had to go through on TikTok. That was exhausting. Yeah. I mean... I'm not letting it get to me. I did a little bit because there I was getting called some things I've never been called before. And that blew my mind, but I'm sure they have a dope relationship. If the TikToks they are posting are not causing any turmoil, turmoil in their relationship. And they're both on the same page. Like we can do this. That's okay. Mm. Fantastic. Just know in a normal situation, if that's a constant occurrence, right. that is not okay. The problem with those TikToks, even the ones that are staged, yeah. people see that shit and will start bashing the partner right. or start, 
talking shit about the scenario like mm-hmm. it's a real life scenario. It's on fucking TikTok. Right. Somebody had to set a camera up. Somebody had to record that shit. Like mm-hmm. it's not this is not normal everyday life. No. Every once in a while you'll get the gotchas. Yeah. I, I get that. But every one of those videos that I've I've responded to, I've always been like, I'm sure this was staged. I'm mm-hmm. sure this was staged. I'm sure this was staged. Like that video that you responded to where the chick was like the, he came back hunting and he slammed in the cabinets. Oh yeah. I'm willing to bet there was nobody even in the house. Oh, I know there was nobody in the house. <clears throat> yeah. But what gets me is that women actually do that and they think that's okay. Right. And then somebody's going to re- repeat that right. behavior. It's yep. just a joke, babe. Relax. It's funny on yeah. TikTok. Until some 19-year-old girl thinks that's normal behavior and her boyfriend was up playing video games all night and she starts slamming shit and he wakes up pissed off. Right. And now they're, you know, maybe there's an abusive relationship that's happening now because of some stupid ass TikTok video. People yeah. need to really think before they they do shit. You want to get into another one? The yeah. validation thing is easy for me. It is super because easy. Because it comes to recognizing what your partner needs. And, mm-hmm. and if they don't recognize it, the partner being willing to go, okay, this is what I need right now. It's no different than what you said. Like, if you if you need me to do something, you just say, fucking, I need this right now. Right. There was a day. <clears throat> I really do cry a lot. Wow. I was in the bedroom crying. <laughs> and I came out of the room and you were at the computer editing. You had no idea I was upset. I just came out and I was like, I need you to hold me. Yep. And you stopped what you were doing immediately and you came and held me. And that was it. That's not it. Right. I mean, in, there, my, of course. in my head, I went, hold me closer, Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of I'm course, there was conversation after that. And there we was. got to the root of whatever I was going through. Yeah. But in that moment, I could have come in, I could have came out here a blubbering meth mess trying to talk to you, trying to make you figure out what's wrong with me. When all I needed in that second when I came to you was for you to hold me and verbalizing it, you did it. Right. There was no guesswork on what I needed in that moment right. from you. That scenario could have been very bad as well had you stayed in the bedroom crying knowing that I was out here editing and then getting mad at me because you were in there upset and I didn't know it. Right. Because people do that shit. They well, do you do should that. have known that I was upset. How, you know, you're fucking 200 feet away. I'm on a computer with two headphones on. Right. Or both headphones over my ears, listening, mm-hmm. doing my thing. Like, communication goes a long way and it really does help with the validation process. Yeah. Being able to verbalize what you need validated or re- need reassurance on is going to take all of the guesswork out of your partner for what you need. Yeah. But they need to be able to validate you in that moment and not tell you that you're being needy or you're being extra or you're being clingy. Right. And you should never ever expect your person to just know what's going on. A hundred percent. Even you, if it's happened before. Right. You should expect and believe that they don't know what's going on and you need to explain it to them mm-hmm. without being controlling or or demeaning so that things can get resolved. You know what I mean? So Correct. that just in case they don't know. We're only 45 minutes. You want to try to do one more? Yeah, let's do another one. Let's talk about default settings. Default settings? What yep. do you mean default settings? Ooh, this is a good one. I believe that everybody has a default setting. Okay. Behavioral traits, trauma responses. Oh, gotcha. The okay. things that you do no matter what, because it is your default setting. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is getting defensive. Right. It doesn't matter what the scenario is. I could not have done anything wrong mm-hmm. and you could come to me and I'm going to feel defensive. Right. Because I'm so used to being the problem. The problem. You're a piece of shit. You're not smart enough. You'll never be anything. Mm-hmm. All the bad shit that I've heard in my life. And in some cases I have been the problem. So, you know, that's been added on to it. Um, uh, to be fair, though, I think in those situations, you're aware of the consequences of what you're about to do. So in those instances where you were the problem, you can pinpoint like, OK, yeah, that is where I fucked up. But mm-hmm. in instances where someone tells you you're fucking stupid mm-hmm. and you're a six year old child. Right. Those are two different. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, that the problem aspects shouldn't add on to the not problem. Right. Aspects. Well, I'm just taking accountability. Because it's not always my fault. Sometimes right. it is. I'm fine with that. I just wanted to clarify, you know, <clears throat> people telling you you're the problem and then actually consciously making the choice to be a problem are two different things. Right. Um, but those are my default settings. So in the scenario where um, you come to me and say, we need to talk, I am immediately defensive mm-hmm. because I know I've done something wrong or in your eyes, I've done something wrong or I am not meeting the standard of leading my house or I have failed as a husband, something's going on and I'm immediately defensive because I don't want to be that. Right. I, I don't want to believe that I'm that person. I don't want to look in the mirror and see somebody other than who I believe I am. Mm-hmm. And that is a me problem. And I know that's a me problem. And it's something that I have strived to work on. So I am trying to reset my default settings. Mm-hmm. And that does come down to trauma, learned behavioral traits, things that you watched your parents do their whole, your whole life. You learn behavioral things from your parents. It's why your babies will make the same facial expressions you make. Right. 
because they see those facial expressions. That is nonverbal communication. So if you are unhappy and you make an unhappy face, your child can recognize that you're unhappy. Mm -hmm. You don't have to tell them. That's why if a baby's crying, you're getting frustrated. They can feel that. They know you're getting frustrated. They're going to cry more. Right. Um, So when you have a default setting, if your default setting is to always argue or always get defensive instead of going, whoa, wait a minute. Like, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Going, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Right. You have to learn to reset that default. And mm-hmm. you have to start working on new behavioral patterns that is going to serve you in the future. Because what you're doing now does not serve you. Right. If you, if what you've done your entire life has served you, your life is perfect. Mm-hmm. You've got the dope marriage. Your kids are fucking happy. You've got money in the bank. Everything is flawless. Nobody has that. No. no one. You always have room for growth. Mm-hmm. And when you reset, reset your default setting and you set a new 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 standard of what is acceptable in your life and the way that you respond to situations, two, three, five years from now, you may have to reset that again and, and learn new things and new, new behavioral patterns. So knowing that my default setting is to defend, mm-hmm. when you come at me with things, I don't say anything right away. Right. I wait. I process and go, okay, is this actually me? Mm-hmm. Do I just need to say I'm sorry? Do I need to really defend myself? Because in some scenarios, you just want to know, you just want your partner to know the way that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So in the event that I said something last week and, and and you thought of it this morning, you're like, hey, that kind of got to me a little bit. I could just, I'm sorry, babe. I, yeah. You know, I didn't think that what I was going to say is hurt you or I'm sorry I hurt you. You don't even have to say I think anything. You could just say, I'm sorry I hurt you. There doesn't have to be a defense. There doesn't have to be an explanation. <clears throat> right. So the more those, so the more those situations present themselves and the more I pause and just apologize for Mm -hmm. the way that you feel or the way that I made you feel or the way that I said something that allowed you to feel the way that you feel, because I know that I can't make you feel anything. I know that in the event that I said something and you chose to feel the way that you felt about it, I can defend my action or I can recognize that you are feeling that way and just go, I, I'm sorry. That That wasn't my intention. Right. Right. And that could be the end of it. I don't need to say anything else. And knowing that I don't have to defend myself and just simply say, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, I'll try not to do that. I know now. Right. That is so much different than, than me trying to justify everything that happened leading up to that or what happened beyond that or whatever. Right. The more that happens, my default settings are going to change and it's going to become an automatic thing when you tell me that you're feeling a certain way about something that I did to just apologize to you. Mm-hmm. Because the more comfortable I am just saying that and seeing the situations resolve without conflict, I'm now going to feel more comfortable because I'm not in a fight or flight. I'm not in a defensive standpoint. You are letting things go because you just needed to be heard and I'm able to recognize these things. Right. Default standards should change as you age. Mm -hmm. Things that you do when you're 15 years old don't serve you when you're 25. They certainly don't serve you when you're 40. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's important for people to sit down and really think about their default settings and things. How do you respond when you get broke? How do you respond when your boss talks down to you? How do you respond or react when your wife says something that makes you feel a certain way? And then you need to explore those things and why you do them. I know why I do the things that I do. Um, I know why I don't yell. Mm-hmm. I know that. I've done that work. Um, but because I've done that work, my default setting is to not raise my voice. Right. You know what I mean? I, I will get, I will get um, passionate. And when I get passionate about conversations, my voice may come up, but I'm not yelling. Right. I'm not being negative. I'm just excited right now. So I, you know, my volumes come up a little bit mm-hmm. and that's a very different scenario than raising my voice or yelling by definition. It is raising my voice, but in context, it doesn't, it's not the same thing. Right. And I know that this was one of my topics, mm-hmm. so I, I don't expect you to chime in a lot. Well, but I do have, I love that. Okay. <laughs> Cause I didn't want to continue talking. So <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. You have to figure out what your default setting is and you have to change it if it is not a good one. Right. When you are in a relationship with someone who is working on that, you also have to recognize you have to be patient with them. Absolutely. So me knowing that your default setting is to get defensive when I'm coming to you about a topic because you think you're going to be the problem. I initiate it with this isn't about you. Yep. Or I say, I'm not angry. I'm not looking for an argument. I just want to tell you how I feel. I just want you to validate my feeling. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're the problem. I'm not saying I'm mad at you. I'm not saying you're the issue. I just need you to hear how I'm feeling and I need to know that you understand my feeling. Even if it's an irrational feeling, you can tell me it's irrational and you can explain to me why it's irrational and I'll hear you. Right. Because you said, I hear you. I can understand why you feel that way. 
from my perspective, this is how I don't understand. Right. And we've, we've done that. We and, have done and that. And all of what you just said also ties into the validation thing. Right. Um, and what you just said, and this is real-time conversation between us. This mm-hmm. is not something that I'd plan on discussing. I'm not looking for an argument. Right. Will instantly make me posture for a fight. Because really, it, yeah, absolutely. Because when you said that just now, I listened to everything that you said, and I was like, agree, 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 whoa, agree, 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 right? So I recognize now, just now, mm-hmm. that if you ever come to me and go, I'm not looking for an argument, it's going to make me feel like, because it instantly, I mentally postured, like, what's coming next? Okay, well, that's good to know. I didn't know it. Right. I've never correlated those two things until you said those checklists, and it made me feel like that just now. That makes sense. Because the last time I came to you about something, I said, I'm not looking to argue. I just want to explain to you. And you still got defensive. Right. Because you know what I think it is? And and this is just from this conversation. I think that when you said that, my immediate thing is, then why are you bringing it up? Okay. Which is not right. It's not right. You're, You're telling me you're not trying to argue. You're only bringing it up because you need to feel the way that you need to feel. Or I need to understand whatever it is. Mm hmm. But I think it's because it's no different than saying, I don't want to fight. It's also the kind of thing like in the past, I'm sure somebody said that something said that to you. And then there's a massive <clears throat> blow up. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I've never correlated those things. So that it's good to know that. And now that I know that, I know that you won't do that anymore. Yeah. But I've never correlated that. I don't want an argument to make me feel that way. But it did just now. And you saying it as an example made me feel okay. like I needed to defend myself. Well, that's good to know. <clears throat> um, and see, he recognized that. He told me that. And now it's not going to be a problem again. Right. Don't weaponize that. Right. Oh, yeah. If your man comes to you and says, I've recognized that when you say this, even when you're saying it in a calm tone, it makes me posture. Let's word things differently because I don't want to be like that with you. And then, you know, in the back of your mind that one day you're going to save that for an argument and then throw it in his face. Yeah. Unacceptable. When your partner, I I view that as being vulnerable. Yeah, it is. You know, with you telling me that I cherish that. You could have kept that to yourself and then there's going to be a bunch, a slew of problems in the future because I have no idea it affects you this way. And then all of a sudden I'm a bitch in your mind. No, right. I'm not about that. I also didn't know that it was going to affect me that way. Right. And the fact that I addressed it just now mm-hmm. on camera is because I want people to see the way that we work through things. Like right. that was a very real moment. I, um, <clears throat> I also think that in the, the situation where you labeled all those things off and you needed me to understand how you were feeling. Mm-hmm. I really think the easiest way for you to explain that to me is to just go, Hey, I'm feeling like this right now. Mm-hmm. And I just need you to understand it because in that scenario, like you're not, you're not asking for a vent. You're not asking, okay. you're not telling me that you need me to solve anything. You're not telling me that you need to vent. You're telling me that I need to understand your feelings. So now okay. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. She's feeling something. Mm-hmm. I, I need to understand it. So why now that I understand that she's feeling that way, I need to explore why she feels that way. Cause now I'm listening. Right. You know what I mean? If you're like, hey, I'm really angry right now. And then it turns out that it's something that I did. That's a very different conversation. You're going, I'm feeling hurt. And I think it's because of this. I, I'm going to react to that very differently because I'm I'm engaged. Okay. It, I'm not immediately taken back or put in in a way. I want to, you're, you're hitting me almost with a question. Okay. Does that make so sense? It does. Okay. I am about to ask you, I, like this is not even, I don't even care we're on the podcast right now. I'm about to ask you a question. I'm asking you this because this is genuinely going to affect my day-to-day life. Okay. With your BPD, I've noticed when you are in certain moods or if you're feeling a certain way, even when I approach you in a calm manner, you still get defensive. Right. So is that a phrasing that I can use universally and I don't have to worry about you coming at me because I don't want to be in a situation where I do phrase it that way and then you become defensive and then I don't know what to do. Right. I would like to say yes, but if I'm in a bad borderline, I've not been there with you yet. We've not had to experience that. I I would like to believe that that's the case. Okay. And if you, if you preface it with, you said that this is the right way to approach you. Okay. It's me now. I said that, you know what I mean? That might be a very different scenario. My borderline is, I, why are you crying? Because these are things that I really worry about. Yeah. Like, I am fully 24-7 aware of your BPD. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm not saying that to make you feel guilty or that you're ruining my life. It is, I'm not, I'm not upset about it. You know, it, I just, I'm aware of what you're going through and how your day-to-day life is. 
So I, I constantly am thinking of ways like, how can I say this so it doesn't upset him or it doesn't trigger him or it makes him feel like I'm coming at him. It, it's not 24 seven. I'm feeling that way. But like if I have like a negative feeling, I, I do take time on how I'm going to phrase this and come to you and say it because I have noticed when I phrase thing one phrase something one way and you're in a dope mindset and we're having a playful day and we're having fun. It's a different conversation versus when you wake up and you say today's going to be a day. Right, I, I get that. So I, I'm going to piggyback on that. Every single time we've talked about borderline and how hard it is for me, I have always stated that for a partner of somebody with borderline, it is fucking difficult. Yeah. And there is not an easy scenario at all when you're dating somebody who has borderline. And if you marry them, it's even harder. Most borderline people don't have relationships that last more than two years. Yeah. Statistically proven. Like they don't have long-term relationships. So somebody who has borderline that's done the work that I've done, it's a lot easier to have a long-term relationship because most of the time I'm very aware of what's happening. My problem is when I'm going through a borderline episode, I emotionally react instead of respond. And once I've reacted and the words have left, I can't take them back. And I know that. Which is why I've gotten so good about taking a step going, I apologize. I didn't mean to talk to you like that. I love you. Right. Because, I, and I'm, re, I'm reiterating this, because in that, that moment, I'm taking a breath. I'm trying to engage my logical thinking. I'm affirming that I love you to right. you. But in doing so, I'm also doing it to me. Mm-hmm. Because I could be splitting right now. Right. Or I could be having another issue and, and, be, and mentally be like, fuck, you know, ah, but in doing that, I am affirming to myself also that I love you and that I don't want to do this. Um, and I don't know how else to explain that to anyone, but it really does center me and remind me that even though I'm feeling this way right now, I know that tomorrow I'm not going to be going through this or a week from now or a month. And if I don't check this now, I'm not going to have you in a month. Right. That's a very hard thing to explain to somebody and get it to to like really get my point across and that's the only way I got and it doesn't feel like my point is coming across the way that it feels it needs to but right. I can't think of another way to articulate it I get that um I know this sucks because I know uh how hard it is to have borderline and because of the books that I've read about partners of people with borderline because I do want to understand your side of things. If I only understand my side of things and I'm flying off the handle and reacting and being an emotional mess and choosing to be a piece of shit because I have not done the work mm-hmm. um, or being ignorant, I guess just put, call it ignorant instead of calling it a piece of shit. That's probably right. a little bit more um, accurate because most people don't want to do the work and, right. and learn. I do. I don't want to be ignorant to things. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, if the people, if people recognize that these are their <clears throat> tendencies due to their BPD and they know the steps they need to take to change it, but they choose not to and just continuously blame their BPD and continue to hurt the people around them, knowing that they can change, I, w- I would qualify that as a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. If you are intentionally hurting people around you and you're just blaming on blaming it on your mental disorder when there are solutions, you know, the solutions, but you're choosing actively to not pursue them. Right. Come on. Yeah, I agree with that. My triggers are my responsibility. Right. The way that I respond to my triggers are my responsibility. Mm -hmm. My actions are my own. Nobody can control my emotions, my actions, or otherwise. I have to physically make a decision to do something. Right. Um, So there's always a decision. Mm -hmm. Always. Um, So in that scenario, I I took the steps to learn to try to understand how hard it is to be with me. I, I, I know that it's difficult on my bad days, I know that it's difficult on my kind of bad days because on my kind of bad days, even you asking me what I want for food can, can be enough to like annoy me. Right. And I know that. So I have to always go, okay, wait a minute. I'm not going to talk to her like that. She's just trying to figure out food. Like, why would I get mad about something like that? It's fucking stupid. And that, and those are things I say to myself to let myself know, like, this is, this is a default setting that needs to be reset. I need to learn to not do this. And that, really does fall into that because I make mental notes of those things. I don't want to repeat that pattern over and over and over again because I'm only hurting me. Right. In the event that you are trying to do something nice and all I'm doing is being aggressive with you, how is that serving me? How is that helping my relationship? An hour from now when my BPD is calmed down or when I've got over, because it can happen like that, ups and downs like that, you never know what's going to trigger one or the other. Right. Um, 
But if I'm going through it right now and I react in a shitty manner and 15 minutes from now, I'm acting like nothing ever happened and I'm on cloud nine living the best life in the world and you're still going through it. I did that to you. Yeah. I still have to, to accept the consequences of my actions. And if that means I've ruined our entire day over chicken nuggets, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, and I, I really do try to make a concerted effort. I do. And it, on my bad days that are actually bad. And I know that I respond with certain ways. Like you may have to be like, Hey, you told me this on the podcast. So I'm going to approach this, even though that I know that you're in a bad state right now. Um, I may go fuck, you know what I mean? Right. Be- so- but it could be more of a, I just don't want to deal with this at the moment than me getting defensive. So in that instance where you're like, fuck, I can't deal with this right now. Would you rather me to wait till I know you're having a good day? No, <clears throat> no, okay. I don't. And, and there's a couple reasons. So first of all, me just going, fuck, I don't want to deal with this. Doesn't mean that I'm not willing to deal with it. Right. I don't want to do anything ever. Mm-hmm. I want to, I, I want to fucking be a billionaire and can just do whatever I want whenever I want. And, right. and you know what I mean? Like if that means going and sitting on the beach for a week and getting sunburnt to a crisp, if that's what I want to do, that's what I want to do. I, I meant if you're having a bad day and you don't have the mental capacity right, to but handle I, the conversation. I always have the mental capacity for it. Okay. Always. I may have to close a browser in my brain or a tab, but I, I can navigate that. I don't think that I've ever had a moment where I'm like, I just can't deal with this right now. Yeah. I, I don't, I've never in my life had that luxury because it's always been on me to take care of everything. Um, and it's exhausting and that that is what it is. I don't remember why I said that. Um, you don't remember why you said what? The the initial fuck thing. Oh, because I said, would you rather me wait until you have a good day? Okay, right. That's that's okay. So I don't see this multiple tabs. I right. was trying to find the one where we were. Um, I don't want you to ever put off something that needs to be discussed in the moment until another day. Okay. Ever. Because if I think something's resolved... And you bring it up two weeks from now, it's going to feel like you're throwing the past in my face. Okay. And we are not going to have a good day because in my head, we're past that. I can't, I can't do that. That's why when we have our tiffs, I will stop the fucking world so that we can resolve what's happening right now Mm -hmm. and move past it because I can't, I'm not, I am not mentally capable of moving past something and, and, and rehashing it. Right. I need to work all the way through that shit until it's done. If it takes a week to do that, that's what it takes. But once that's resolved, I can't have it thrown in my face. I can't, I'm not going to throw the past in your face. Right. If, like we came to a resolution. Right. If we're in an agreement, if we're in a, um, um, a conflict or a conversation and it gets brought up, mm-hmm. I will then have that conversation with you. But I don't right. want to have that conversation. If it's in the past, let's fucking leave it there. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very important distinction that we can The reason that we say you can't throw the past in my face is because when we have our conversations, we agree to a resolution. Right. There is never a fine, do whatever you want. I don't care. Right. No, we don't do that. No, we don't. It is a, we are agreeing to this in the future. If you negate this agreement, we're going to have another discussion. Yeah. So when couples are having arguments and you guys are just throwing in the towel and say, I don't care, do what you want. That is how you can continuously throw something into somebody's face because there was never a resolution. You're still feeling that same feeling at the beginning of the issue six months ago. Right. I also think it's important to know that when you have that conflict and it does get resolved, actions have to change. They do. Because if you and I do have conflict resolution and it is done Mm -hmm. in two months from now, whatever I was having a problem with is repeated. I do get to bring that back up because you you did it again. It's a pattern. Right. Now we're having a conversation of your action now Mm -hmm. and we're going to rehash that previous discussion because you said you weren't going to do this anymore or you said you understood my feelings and now you're doing it. That is a very different scenario than me saying something, you getting triggered by a past thought and then throw it in my face and us fighting over it. Right. Because that is, that's toxic behavior. Like if you need to get over something, you need to take the time to get over it. I understand that, but that doesn't mean that you get to punish me twice. Right. You know, you're not going to go spank your 25 year old son because he broke a plate when he was eight years old. Right. You know what I mean? You, You have to get over that shit. This could be totally off topic. You also don't, with throwing arguments in each other's faces. You also don't do that in public. No. I have seen it pretty regularly when I would go to bars or at like pool parties or whatever. There would be that one couple everybody knew was always in an argument and they would throw that shit in each other's face in front of people. Yeah. That's, Those people eventually stop getting invited to places. But that's absolutely unacceptable. You know, doing it publicly is more... 
damaging in my opinion than doing it in private. Yeah, because now you're adding a level of embarrassment to it. Right. Like now all of these people know the inner workings of your relationship mm-hmm. and know it's a mess. Yep. We um we got very far off the default setting. We really did. But I think that I can still tie all of this into that. Okay. Because everything that we're recognizing and talking about and and really working through mm-hmm. in live time in front of everyone is changing our default settings. Right. You are never going to go, I don't want to argue with you Mm -hmm. ever again. No, I'm not. Because you now know, and you are going to make an effort to change that default setting in your brain on how we communicate. You know, it could even be a situation where I come to you and I could say it accidentally because I'm used to saying it now. Mm. And I will stop myself and be like, no, that is not the way that I want to phrase this. Right. And in that moment, I hope you would understand, okay, She's recognizing that I don't like that word anymore. In this moment, she apologized and changed direction. Right. Well, in doing that, it would show me that you're actually trying to not have conflict because you're making an active decision in the moment to not push forward with your original train of thought. Right. Yeah, that's important. But that is resetting your personal defaults. It is. Um, You know, that resetting the personal default, while it does happen on the inside, you know, I used to tell the kids, I would talk to myself in third person. Yeah. I would call myself mommy in front of the kids. It took me two weeks of correcting myself in the moment of saying, okay, go get, or uh, what would I do? I, I can't even think of an example at this point. You would be like, mommy needs the cup. Oh yeah. And now you're like, can you get the cup for me, please? Right. I would right. stop and correct myself. Right. Because the kids were starting to speak in third person. Right. Right. So correcting yourself in the moment verbally is also going to re-solidify all the work you're doing on the inside. Yeah. That's like me thinking about a drawing I want to do in realism and then implementing it in real life until I practice it in real life. I'm never going to get the image in my mind. Right. I think it's important too to remember that it is much harder to break a bad habit than it is to affirm a new one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and this comes down to like the apprenticeship thing. When we find out people have been doing tattoos out of their house and they come get an apprenticeship, it's very hard for somebody to want to take them on because we know we have to break all the bad habits they've taught themselves on top of teaching them the right way to do things. Right. Where if somebody comes in green and has never held a tattoo machine in their hand, it's a lot easier to teach them the right way to do things because they're not learning Mm -hmm. or unlearning and relearning. Right. Because you're going to always default. And that's the whole point of the default settings. You have to learn your default settings and then you have to reset those default settings. Mm -hmm. You're downloading new driver updates. You know what I mean? Like you have to work your brain almost like a computer so that you can evolve and grow. Because if you always do the same shit you've always done, you will always get what you've always got. Right. So that was a really good sentence. uh, Ronnie Coleman. Wow. I love him. used to say that shit all the time. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Wow. That's uh, an hour and 10 minutes. All right. You want to call it? Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys on the next one. Bye, guys. For those of you who enjoy our content and would like to support us and help grow the channel, the easiest way to do that is a super chat here on YouTube. For those of you who really, really like the content and would like to see more of it, check out our Patreon group. It gets exclusive content that will never be seen here on YouTube, early release stuff for those of you who are just as impatient as I am, as well as live streams with a live chat every Friday night. If you can't afford to do either one of those or you're just not into that, the next best thing that you can do is share this with people who you feel may vibe with it. No matter how you decide to support us, it's super dope and we thank you.